February 6, 2022. Let's continue in Nefesh Ahayim Sha'ar Dalid. We're up to Perikaf Gimal here in the blue Nefesh Simsum books. It's on page 741 at the bottom. It says, uh, the statement and the, the description of Nefesh Ahayim throughout the last Perik and this one uh, and ahead a bit is uh, people who unfortunately neglect the appropriate indulgence and involvement in the Torah. So a person who's marpeh atzmo, marpeh rifyon, nirpim atem nirpim, refers to someone who's not holding on tightly. A person who is loose with his involvement with Torah, nofil begehenom. In other words, Nefesh HaChaim says it's very significant. It's certainly important to understand how the involvement, the relationship is lost in this world, but even in what we refer to as the world to come, olam haba, nofil begehenam, or nofil begehenom. In other words, the description, if you, if you, in the most basic sense, goes as follows. If Torah establishes a relationship, if existence, if reality is refracted through the prism of Torah. So if you haven't appropriately cultivated yourself with Torah, so where are you going? I mean, you don't, you know, just last night someone was finishing uh, uh, Mishnayot, and it talks about how there are the last Mishnah, and all of Shisha Sidre Mishnah talks about the Shai Olamot, the 310 Olamot. Now, 310 Olamot, yesh. As the way we refer to yesh. Yesh means something. It means ayin is the opposite of yesh. Yesh comes about through understanding and recognizing the existence. You can't understand and recognize it if you haven't seen it properly. You see it properly through Torah. And as a result, it's this fall into an abyss, into a void. Again, unfathomable, difficult to describe. But that at its core is the description of without Torah, because you might argue for, for argument, you know, for argument's sake, you might claim, well, he has mitzvot, perhaps. It's a person who was a good guy. Well, why is he, why Gehenom? Well, if he hasn't tapped into the truths of Torah, Again, you can. I mean, it's technically a, a, a possibility without in the involvement in the appropriate way with Torah. It's possible. It's very much theoretical. But if you haven't tapped into reality, so yeah, you're a good guy, but you haven't known or understood or built the structure through which the goodness is actually a susceptible reality. That's the nofel begehinom ve'amrusham od kol haporesh gemara masech bava batra as well atzmo medivrei Torah ve'osek bedivrei siha. If a person neglects Torah and involves himself instead in chatter, of course it's a reference to chatter, not of Torah, esh ochalto, be consumed by fire. Fire oftentimes is the retribution where God is directly involved. You find that in the Torah. In many circumstances, Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, at the top of the mountain, the Mare'eh Kevod Hashem was Esh Ochelet It's the consuming fire. At the end of Parashat Mishpatim, it's the fire which comes out and consumes an Adav and Aviyu. Esh Ochalto is oftentimes where you feel closest to God as you're being consumed. But again, here's an individual who's been involved in speech, but not proper speech. Esh Page 743 in this. A Ma'alin alav, or be Alexandri, perhaps. Ma'alin alav, kilu mitaatea, bemisha marbehaya ha'olam. 
person who uh, the understanding is abandons Torah, that's a tochahat. Well, in turn, that person is mistaken in what way? They're mistaken in a relationship with God. Nothing more and nothing less. Of course, that's all encapsulating. He's mitatea b'misham arvehiyaolam velo odel kevan sheazav divrei Torah ba'olam azeh. Hakadosh Baruch Hu ozvol le'olam Of course, that's the reference that Nefesh Hayim wants, and that is this is an eternal severed relationship or one that never began. Uh, again, the understanding being that Torah is not just another mitzvah. A Torah is a refraction. A Torah is a is, is a lenses for through which you envision and 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 uh, endeavor upon a relationship with this world, with the source of existence, with God. You should know how right, how great it is, how happy those who are nishmeta. Uh, oftentimes in Kabbalistic literature, I mean, begins in Mishle, begins in the Torah. To a certain extent, we refer to the soul in, or the essence of humanity and existence in three different ways. You have Nefesh and Ruach and Neshama. Neshama is the most elevated of stature. Neshama is one in which, well, we're referring to the individuals who would be involved in Torah in the appropriate fashion. They've hit the realm of Neshama. We oftentimes associate that with mind. Ruach is below that, and we associate that with speech. And then the the most base level is that of nefesh. It's nefesh, you know, the Adam nefesh behemto. Nefesh is the uh, is the course activity of humanity, of, of of living organisms in this world. It's the movement, it's the involvement with actions and activities and senses. But those are the three. So again, zakain inun mare denishmeta. When we're referring to those who have studied Torah, who have uh, appropriately seen the world through Torah, zakain inun, they are certainly zakai. They're uh, they should be happy and. They've merited, and they are the masters of Nishama, of course. Mare de Oraita, that's by definition, Oraita, meaning Torah, the light of Torah is in turn the Nishama of individuals. Bene Pulhena de Malka Kadisha, they are Pulhena, refers to service, to worship. They are those who worship Malka Kadisha, the holy and elevated and separate God, um, king, of course, referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Vai, on the flip side, so that's the Zakain. Vai, woe is to those, the Inun Hayavin, the Lazaka and Lit Dabbeka Bimarehon. You should know, I, I can only uh, imagine or, or think about the woes and the sorrows of those who have not been Middabek. Dovka Bo, it's a mandate in the Torah. We've discussed it in the earlier part of Sha'adal Nefesh Hayim, that oftentimes we envision. Uh, a state of achievement in studying Torah in mitzvot, uh, bringing me to devekut, devekus, as the Ashkenazim would say, certainly the Hasidim would, and that's not negated, obviously, by Nefesh Hayim, although he does see things differently than Hasidut, devekut as being a goal, as being an outcome, is certainly a reality, as we discussed, but there it is, it's not just that they're missing an intellectual uh, comprehension understanding, it's that they haven't been midabek through Torah, through seeing the world appropriately, while well, you've developed a relationship, you've become attached. And in turn, they, or, or, or as, as a result of not being zakai betorah, that's what brought them to that. Any person who hasn't merited, who hasn't involved himself in Torah, well, there it is. A person who hasn't involved himself in Torah has left his life, his being, his essence in the realm of 
nefesh. He's not in the realm of neshama, certainly not. He hasn't even achieved that intermediary stage, the one which, generally speaking, is most critical. You see, uh, for example, many speak about distinguishing between a realm of ruach, which we've discussed in Sha'ar Aleph on other occasions as well. Ruach would be an involvement in Torah, but without all the necessary and requisite uh, mindsets and so forth, but that's Torah, at least you're speaking those words. Neshama would be beyond that, what we'd refer to as Torah Lishma. But here's an individual who's neglected Torah, neither Neshama, not even Ruach, they're in that realm similar to animals of Nefesh, Vit Dabkuta Didhon, they're cleaving, Be'ahu Sitra Dizinin Bishin, they're only involved with Bish, refers to bad, to evil, they're only attached to the evil entities of existence. Vahailet Lechulka Dikdusha, and in turn they don't have a portion of Kedusha. Vay le kadipok mehay alma, we're not only nervous as Zohar for them when they're in this world, imagine a world in afterwards. Uh, well, how would we envision that? I bring you back to the same conversation we had just five minutes ago. If they've, in, if they've in this world established a prism, a vision of reality, of ohave yesh, in turn they have olamot of yesh. They're now able to pre- perceive, they're now able to tap into an existence which they've understood, which they've created and, and seen through. If alternatively they've been in an abyss, well that's where they'll end up in some sort of void, in some sort of reality where vision is obscured and as a result a relationship is lost. He'll only be known by, and here, you know, the, the description of here is somewhat reminiscent of a person who's thrown into jail and sees the, the thugs who are going to take him down. What is waiting for him afterwards? Zinin Bishin. Those are the ones who quote-unquote know him. Mare Hasifuta. Those who know Chutzpah. Who know how to handle him. They're strong as dogs. The, the, the messengers of the fire, of the flames of They won't have any mercy upon him. But again, beyond all the, um, the, the descriptive uh, physical uh, outcomes and realities of, of Gehenom, it's a description of a realm beyond one which we can understand and comprehend. But wherein, if I haven't put on my glasses to understand, existence through Torah, through noticing, through a world of Torah, well then I'm only headed towards some sort of void existence afterwards. He's continuing with another citation from Zohar. After describing the greatness, the rewards, and, and the relationship of one who's involved in Torah in this and that world, of course, those are the words of Zohar always, whereas Talmud uh, Bavli has Tashema, Zohar has Tahazeh, Zohar is all about sight, it's all about the fire, about the radiance. Tahazeh, come and see how Barnash, that's the way Zohar always refers to a human being, Barnash, like an Anashim, Barnash. Dela zakel lishtadela bahay alma beoraita, a person who in this world has not merited to be mishtadel in Torah, those are the words of Zohar, oftentimes when it describes involvement in Torah, less esek ba Torah, more hishtadelut ba Torah, vi'ihu azil in not involving and toiling in Torah, he's walked in, so to speak, a proverbial world of darkness, when he leaves this world, again, that's the imagery I've painted for you throughout, if he's only been seeing or not seeing because there's darkness, well, what can you imagine after a world where there's an opportunity to now 
well, that opportunity rather is lost to now perceive. Well, you're now stuck in a world of void. If you're in a world which, within which you can make connections, if you're in this world of, of, of Bina that we know of, well, and you've missed the opportunity to make those connections, to have that dot, well, well what, what can you imagine is afterwards when those opportunities are lost? Well, where are you then? Yes, Robbie. It's certainly Torah Ba'alpeh as well, Torah Bechtav, Torah Ba'alpeh. If you ask me, I think it's even beyond that. It's, it's a, as we'll discuss in just a bit, it's a bechol derachecha da'ehu v'hu yiyasher orchotecha. It's an everything and anything. Certainly in the most narrow sense of Torah Shbikhtav. Beyond that, it's absolutely Torah Shbalpeh. It's being able to interact with God within existence. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? You can be very narrow in Torah Shbikhtav. Hard to argue just Torah Shbikhtav. For example, we make Birkota Torah on Torah Shbalpeh as well. It's, it's called Torah, it's called Oraita. Uh, of course, the question is, and we have, we have ample answers, but, but the question still stands, shouldn't we be, if we're doing it with the right intention, making a beracha, when we l'shem shamayim go out to find God in this world? Of course, you can't, the same way you can't in many other circumstances, because there's an uncertainty and so on. But uh, I, I think you need to be expansive in your proper understanding of Oraita. So, if, it's, if, it's, if it's about learning, it's a great question. I mean, it's, I, I don't know that it'll be directly, uh, first and foremost, as I don't know if we've had this conversation, I certainly, and it's always a letdown when people ask me for direct guidance on what to learn, and I say, what's, what's Moshechet Libecha? I mean, assuming we're dealing with uh, all Torah in, 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 within the proper context, so what's going to, to pull you? I don't, I don't know that we should. You're going to find, assuming you're right, you know, they are you know, verified works, you're going to find they met in it. So to argue that it needs to be Torah Shbikhtav, or it must be Torah Shbikhtav, because you won't have proper understanding, difficult to say. I think you're going to be able to if, you, if, you're, uh, if you're endeavoring upon that journey with the proper intention and with the right perspective. Hard for me to prioritize. Certainly you want foundations before you go on to secondary uh, literature and commentary on it. But not all that notwithstanding. When he leaves this world, they take him, so to speak, and he'll be brought up. To Gehenam. All right, I thought we go down. Sometimes the description's going down, regardless. Atar Tata'a. Well, there it is. It's the place which is below. So, I mean, it's not physically below, but it's a depths type of realm. They won't be Rahamim, they won't be mercy. About this circumstance, you'd describe a Pasukin Tilim. What's the exact translation? Pit of the raging waters of the slimy mud. As the Pasuk says, Now this is important for what I want to specifically hone in on. Says, and as a result, a person who doesn't study Torah and instead dirties himself with the filth of this world, what does it say about him? Of course, it's a derashah, don't go too far. Yosef was not thrown into Gehinam, but the description of him being thrown into the pit, well, that's, so to speak, what you'll have. 
I guess you, you severed Yosef from his origins. You severed him from his family. You threw him into an abyss. You threw him into a realm of void. So to a person who hasn't involved in Torah, he's broken off from a relationship. It's a reference, so to speak, to Gehenam. And you should know, the Pasuk says, and the bor was rek. That's the word I've been working with throughout. That's the ayin. That's the no existence. That's the lack of relationships. That's the inability to see. Just like he is the person who's making his way to Gehenam, is rek, is, is, uh, has not and is not filled with and exist ex- existential reality. My ta'ama begin the lahava be because you and the boar didn't have mine. It's beautiful. Derasha by Yosef. I mean, beautiful uh, in in terms of the way they apply it, right? And the pasuk says vaborek en bo So the derasha is it's rek, it's empty. There's a void because it's en bo Of course, the reference of maim both in kitubim and in the eyes of the hachamim is the Torah, and as a result. That's the uh, emptiness. And now come and see the punishment of lack of Torah. A few weeks ago, Nefesh Hayim did, as did we, elaborate upon it. This is in Zohar. Gemara in two places, how, so to speak, during the time of destruction of the Mikdash, uh, they turned to the scholars and to the Nevi'im and so forth and tried to figure out why was and how was it that this world was destroyed, so to speak, uh, the world being the Mikdash. And nobody could have the answer, nobody understood it until HaKadosh Baruch Hu answered which means the source of that destructiveness, of that uh, desolateness, was as a result of leaving Torah and it's a, a bit further in this context, but again, I just want to draw your attention to that one line that I was that I was pointing out, and that one line was: it's the abandonment of Torah and instead involvement in the filth of this world, which you didn't necessarily need to have as a contrast. Couldn't we imagine a person who's involved in good things in this world while not having Torah? That's the. It's it's almost as if this is a binary uh, reality. It's either or. You have Torah or you have filth of this world, I want to, in just a few moments, come back to that point. Description, the understanding is, so to speak, the questions you'll be asked after this world, the first of them will be, how was it? In what way did you engage in Torah? It's a derasha poter ma'im, a person who's been poter, who's moved away, who's uh, distanced himself from ma'im, from Torah. Reshit madon, the understanding of madon, the derasha is din. That's the first thing you'll be judged for. The first thing the understanding is it's not a warm up, it's the first thing because it's the primary thing. Ve'amru. And furthermore, the Mishnah in the sixth perik of, uh, of Avot or Beraita, Beriyat, Bechol Yom, Bayom, Batkol Yoset, Mehar Horev, Umachrezet, Oilanu Me'obanash. It's the uh, the eternal voice which emanates from Har Horev, who Har Sinai, 
why, can you imagine, those who have abandoned my Torah, they are nazuv, those individuals are despised, they're away from ikichen mishpatob, prima alalav yasbi'uhu, kevan shelo razalif hor b'chayim batob ha'amiti, lo ulchol ha'biriyot va'olamot kulam litabek atzmo bo'itparach, v'im'id shifat oram shelo olamot, v'kilkel u'bilbel sidre ha'merkava kedosha, v'hashicham v'garam ra'a le'atzmo, he says, listen, you're an individual who has not brought the light to this world, he's described that in the past, it's not just about a relationship for you, it's a world, it's an existential reality in which when you engage, when you expose Torah, you bring God into existence, or at the very least you manifest him in a way human beings and a world can appreciate, and you haven't done so, of course, you in turn are going to be punished accordingly. You're going to have darkness, you're going to have nothingness. You couldn't bring something into a world of darkness. Well, what do you imagine is going to come your way afterwards? Shepashat, and these are the last part of the Perek I want to read together. Shepashat Bigdeh Kodesh, a person who hasn't studied Torah, hasn't involved himself in Torah appropriately, has taken off Bigdeh Kodesh, of course a reference to the Bigadim of Torah, Velavash Tahtam Bigadim Soimum Tunafim, and instead he's wearing those filth, uh, clothing, the dirty clothing. Your clothing, instead of being made of kedushah, of sanctity, are made of ta'avot, of desires, of ta'avot uh, the ta'anugim of this world, of the, the pleasures, of the hedonistic drives. And in turn, you're contaminated and, and, and dirtied from them. Uh, you're certainly not. You're, you're certainly going to be barred entrance into any realm of existence after this one. Well, again, there's the same dichotomy. There's the same two-sided reality that he describes as a contrast. Either or, it's either Torah or it's filth of this world. Uh, there's nothing in between. Just fascinating reality to me because. Uh, again, I could have, uh, and, and it'll just take a moment for us to dispel such a notion, but I could have perhaps theoretically said, listen, I don't have Torah, but I'm not wearing filthy clothing. For some reason, his understanding, and it's through and through in this, in this Pedic, is it's, if it's not Torah, well, then it's the filth of this world. Is it really that simple? Uh, well, well, we'll have to try to develop it in just a few moments uh, along the lines of what I put in front of you in these sources. In the first source, it's Shohan Aruch. Shohan Aruch in Siman Resh Lamed Aleph. It's in the context... Yes. Yes. Why is it filth? Well said. Why is it filth of this world? Why isn't it either nothing or par? I mean, same thing. Right? And so why is it that if there's no Torah in his vision, in, in the most simple iteration of it, well, then you're in that begadim uh, soim. So I'd like to tease that out. Now, I can't tell you it's going to be an absolute when we finish this that you won't find a righteous Gentile, a righteous uh, Jew who's not involved in Torah. But I would tell you, probably in my mind, we'd refer to something within which they involve them themselves in this world as that expansion of Torah. They tapped into truth. That was Torah. But here it is, just to develop that point a bit further, a very much margila bifumi, this sort of concept that I want to bring you in that direction of it's Shohan Aruch in Siman Resh Lamed Aleph. This is in the context of Hilchot Berachot. And Shohan Aruch pauses to talk about Sheyehu kol kavanotecha l'shem shamayim, your intentions 
throughout life should be with the proper with the proper direction. You should be uh, intending uh, rightfully. So Hanaruch is really quoting from Tur. Im So it's talking about your middle day uh, fatigue. It says you need to take a nap and you won't be able to properly study Yishan. So take a nap. Ideally, you're not taking a nap in the afternoon. However, you should make certain that you don't have an, uh, an extended nap in the afternoon. You're not supposed to sleep uh, more than the uh, sleep of a, of a horse. It's 60 breaths. Okay. I'm sure Dr. Glazer will tell us afterwards the exact measurement. I'm sure you've done the research on this. This is your type of thing, right? Well, there it is. And says, says, even in that nap, the intention is of primary uh, um, uh, significance. And that's what I'm thinking about. What was your intention in that nap? Well, obviously, you just told me I wouldn't be able to study Torah if I didn't take the nap. Okay, but as you took that nap, what were you thinking? The question is, are you thinking I'm napping with the soul or expressed intention that I now be able to study, or is it so that I feel good? Go ahead. That, that type of analysis begs the question, is, is the results more important than my Kavanah? Kavana, I, I have someone who has lots of Kavanah, but not very... You have a lot of potential scholarly or, or whatever endeavor versus someone who's really smart and can pick up things really quickly. At the end of the day, the Kavanah more important than what I actually learned or understand. And, and it seems that Kavanah seems to be more important. Like Certainly. Is that hard for you to understand? It seems counterintuitive. But, but the question is, that, I mean, or, or the answer is, in terms of the achievement at the end, is it a true achievement if the means have been subjugated to all sorts of, uh, in other words, uh, yes, it will look the same, it might even smell the same, but it's not the same. And it's not just the Now, why is this blind? This is quite the opposite. Instead of blinding myself to where I'm going and just arriving there, it was all about the endeavor along the way. I mean, this is the you know the process or the destination. I'm saying it's the process, but it just seems hard as someone saying is that just because I have the right kavanah, I'm on the right path. Versus someone has more understanding. It's a little hard to understand to say, like, in order to be a rasha, you have to understand the Torah. I couldn't be a rasha. It's kind of that type of argument. Can, can we argue that there's a certain parallel? And, uh, for example, I didn't put it on the source sheet, but the Gemara says, it's greater to sin with the right intention than to do a mitzvah with the wrong intention. Ask the Gemara, that can't be. Now think about the two realities over here. Mitzvah Shelolishma means I reached destination, but the means were not with the proper Kavanah. But I reached it. Avera Lishma means I didn't reach the destination because I did a sin. But I had the proper kavanah. The Gemara equates the two. Again, it's dangerous in and of itself. Right? And the Gemara learns it from Ya'el. I mean, Ashim, Ashim, Tevorach, and she, she's just like Sarah. But uh, hard to argue that the destination will be of of, of utmost importance. 
Uh, am I wrong? Am I not speaking the same language as you? I am. You can't think like Harambam. Okay, um, we, we sin and through sin we learn from our mistakes and about the Shabbat. You could argue, you know, the things about about the Shabbat and they repent that you say it's a decree instead of sin. It's kind of that type of argument. It's not necessarily you had learned Kabbalah at the time. It's how you got there. So you could have been sitting this whole day and made true true Shabbat right before Zephyr. You say you're going to go to okay. Uh, a point taken. Need, need, needs more analysis, especially that statement of the Makom But again, it could be used in the opposite direction. Okay, anyway, says says uh, says so to any hana'a, any indulgence, involvement, and engagement in this world in which you benefit, uh, so it should be with the expressed intention of avodat habore, worship of God. You're supposed to know God in all your ways. It's Gemara Maserachot and Samichkima. We'll see in source number two in just a moment. But let him finish, or at the very least, elaborate on his point. Even matters which appear to be reshut, the gray realm of existence. Every one of those, the standing, the walking, the sitting, the relations, the eating, the drinking, and so forth, every single one of them should be and must be with the expressed intention of Avodat Now, the reason I'm mentioning this, of course, you know, before even going onward, it's not obviously negating them, it's not arguing that you should not and may not be involved in eating and drinking and walking and sitting and standing and, and relations as all necessary realities for human beings. But the statement is, if not done properly, well, then you're off of You're now off of that derech. My suggestion is that's Nefesh Hayim as well. As he talks about this relationship with Borei Olam, as he describes creating an Ohave Yesh, my words, as he describes creating a reality, so that reality needs to be created within a realm that we know about already. It can't be out in thin air. It can't be with the negation of all else. If it is, however, separate from them, or doesn't exist, and I live as a regular human being, it means my course and and and, and base level nefesh, let's call it, uh, um, activities in this world have become well. They've been debased. They've been uh, emptied of the of of the ability to turn. Again, we as human beings saying it like this. We as human beings, by definition, in the words of Nefesh Hayim and many others, we by definition are clothed. We by definition have that physicality. So the, the, by definition, that physicality has to be defined. It's hard for, or it's impossible for that physicality to be just parv. So why did you eat? I ate in order to satisfy myself. Well, that's what we're defining as filth. Alternative. It's and you've elevated and you've transformed it, but there can't be an in-between. There can't be a reality wherein there's no clothing, so to speak, and in turn, well, I was okay uh, without elevating it to uh, through Torah. Yes? Well, you could actually, I think you could have an in-between state. If you look at somebody who, let's say, all, all these things that we're just listed here are touched upon by halakha in some way. 
Good, but that person is engaged in Torah, even though he had Shalom Lishma, okay, but he still was involved in Torah. Right. In our context, is talking about the absence of Torah through versus the existence of Torah. So you're right. In other words, you gave me a spectrum, doctor. You gave me a spectrum. There is a spectrum, and you gave me a middle stage, but the middle stage is the Torah Shalom Lishma, it's the Ruach realm, and so forth. Yes, but his description over here is an all or nothing. I just wanted to know can't you just live a life as a righteous human being without? Anything of that sort, without the higher level thought, yes. Uh, but along those lines, this is really where he's where he's deriving it from. Shulchan Aruch and Tur and Rabbeinu Yonah to a large extent. It's a Gemara Masechet Berachot, and I'd like to, for just a moment or two, uh, uh, elaborate on this Gemara. The Gemara Darash Bar Kaparan Daf Samech Gimal Ezohi Parashak Tanashe Kol Gufet Torah Teluyin Ba. Can you find a small segment? upon which everything is hanging, uh, our life as uh, Torah-observant individuals, those who strive for it, Kufei Torah, it's the Pasuk in Mishle, B'chod derachecha da'ehu, v'hu yeyasher or chotecha, know God in all your ways, and in turn he'll straighten your approach. Amar Avaz, as Ravai, in concluding that statement, or in appending himself to it, that brings us back to that Gemara Nazir, and Davkav Gemara mentioned to you earlier, even for matters of sin, says Rashi, hold it up. Says Rashi, when we talk about we're not speaking about sinning with proper intention as a virtue, we're rather talking about those once in a lifetime, once in existence, realities and situations of Eliyahu and Harakarmel, says Rashi. Eliyahu and Harakarmel, as he's looking to defeat Nevi'eh as everything is hanging on, uh, as everything is, is, is determined by this moment, the continuity of Am Yisrael being Shomret to Torah Mitzvot, connected to God, there you have to go against Torah. Okay, over there, but you, me, or anyone else, in context of Avira with the proper intention, Lo alai velo alechem says Rashi implicitly. Harambam in Shimona Perakim, that's his introduction to Pirkei Avot, in the fifth of those chapters, he interprets it very much literally. The Gemara says, Of course, Harambam, it all brings us back to the end of Hilchot Teshuvah, Ahavat Hashem, the love of God, the infatuation, the constant thought of God. This is that the Pasuk. What is the objectives? What's the primary vision and goal? Emet. Emet could, on rare occasion, uh, I would not preach or suggest this to any of us, but in theory, uh, even Bidvara you can find, you can perceive of emet. Again, why am I mentioning this? I'm mentioning this because Shohan Aruch brought us in this direction, and fundamentally for us, I think that's the prism through which we're supposed to understand the Torah's significance to the life of turning those bigadim so'im into bigadim shel tahara, shel kedusha. It's the Torah which gives the vantage point, which gives the perspective, which cleanses the clothing because it turns the bodily functions and engagements in this world into matters of meaning 
as opposed to matters of indulgence and uh, and, and 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 hedonism. Says uh, said that in source number five, the derashot of Bihoshua ibn Shuib. Whenever I can find a reference to this derashot, I happen to own it. I get very excited. He was a 13th century and then early 14th century Spanish rabbi uh, who who has derashot. It's not earliest, but it's early derashot. You know, you have derashot. Anyway, it's always fun to read. First interpretation of Biyoshua ibn Shuib is what does it mean? By the way, we have three interpretations to this Gemara. We have the interpretation of Rashi. Really, actually, but very rarely, Eliyahu and Harakan Mil. We have the opposite interpretation, opposite on the spectrum. We have that of uh, we have that of Harambam, that it's uh, literally in the context of sin, sin, and of, with the right intention. And then we have something in the middle. We quote it from Shohan Aruch. Now we understand it from Biyoshuib and Shuib, from Rabbeinu Yonah, and that is in the Rishut realm, in the eating and drinking. And that's, that really was the purpose of me discussing this together with you. Over there, can you find the Choder Da'ehu? Can you? Turn Turn those bigadim, those necessary bigadim, into big kedushah. Then says, and there are those who interpret along the lines of Harambam, Aviramamash, of course, a tantalizing conversation and, and thought to be had about uh, should we, how should we envision a world of structure, of, of, of instructions, of rules and laws, if I can tell you that on occasion, I should be transcending them to the extent that Gadola Avira Lishma. But for our purposes, not the issue. The issue is in the Devar Reshut, the opportunity, the necessity, the responsibility to take the Achilah, the Shetiah, the Shina, and so forth, and transform that. Well, that's what it's all about. It's not about negating them to the extent that the Gemara in Masechet Kedubot and Daf Kovdale Damudal says, at the end of the days of Rabbi, that's Rabbi Udah Nasi, he outstretched his ten fingers and he said, His statement was, I never indulged, I never got the benefit for myself from these ten fingers. It was all to you, to Torah. That's an amazing statement of Rabbi. It's amazing because we also have a Gemara Masech Dav Nazaran, Dav Yodav, which says that the Pasuk in Parashat Toledot, Vayomer Adonai Lah, to Rivka, Shene Goyim Bibitnech, instead of reading it as Goyim, read it as Geim. Geim, the strong ones, the prideful ones, is a reference to the two, the Esav and Yaakov descendants, who were Geim. They were strong, they were wealthy. Who were they? Antoninu Sarasha and Rabbi. All right, tell me about them. How are they game? They must have known a lot of Torah. No, I'll tell you about them. They always had tables filled with food, with good food, with vegetables at all times during the year. Wait a second. I thought Rabbi is the one who just told us that he got no Hana'a from Olam Hazir. I thought Rabbi is the one who said all his fingers were directed klape ma'ala. Says Tosafot, I'll tell you how to resolve this contradiction in the life and statements of Rabbi. It must be that his table was filled with the, food, with the food for the people who were coming. He had many people at his table. They were all eating from it. Says Gaon Mivilna in source number nine, in his commentary, Tosiman Resh Lamed Aleph, he's quoting from a perush called Korban, Korban Aharon, and says, I'll tell you the explanation. Rabbi, and here's the point, Rabbi certainly did indulge, but he indulged not for himself. 
He indulged with the expressed intent of l'shem shamayim bechol derachecha da'ehu v'yasher or chotecha. It wasn't and is not about negating our tendencies and our necessities as human beings. It's about channeling them. It's about appropriating them. It's about directing them. That's the statement because you can and will find yourself on the, the fine line between uh, these are clothing of filth or clothing of beauty to the extent that the pisukim, when we talk about clothing, back to Nefesh Hayim's description, we talk about clothing. After sinning, Adam and Hava, eyes are opened and they craft for themselves hagorot, they craft for themselves loincloth. But then as they're being banished from the garden, you imagine that was wrongful. That came about only after sin. God crafts for them kotnot or Bishem. Why is he giving them clothing? Says the Midrash in the name of Rabbi Meir, don't read it as or with an ayin as leather, but or of skin, rather as or of light. What does that mean? It means, in my mind, in my understanding, there's an opportunity, there's a potential through the material, through the physicality of this world to transcend, to transcend it, not to transcend from it, but to transcend it, to take the coarse reality of a nefesh existence and transform that into neshama, to find the opportunity, the potential within all the opportunity to find the opportunity within all to find him to the extent that and we'll conclude with this a well-known i quoted at least once in the past year or two but uh it's it's said about gaon mevil not the same commentary we had in source number nine an important 18th century ashkenazic rabbi i mean a one in a generation by far for so many reasons, but in the book Aliot Eliyahu, which is a biography of sorts of, uh, of Gaon Mivilna, so uh, the, the author of it writes, uh, Rabbi Levin writes, he says, He says, I heard that my master, Gaon Mivilna, would say, there was a brother of Gaon Mivilna who died at a young age. His name was Rabbi Zalman. He said he heard that Gaon Mivilna would say about his brother, he was poshet me'alav. Think about the clothing again. He took off of him all matters of this world. He looked like a human being. Technically speaking, he was angelic. He was an ascetic. He was separated and distanced from any of the regular this worldly involvement. But Gaon you looked at him, you perceived in him a human being. Was that a low level of existence? Was his brother greater greater than him? Nonetheless, he purified his intentions and his energies to elevate them, not beyond, but to elevate them to kohot malach Hashem to turn them into conduits and mechanisms of sanctity, of spirituality. And that was the purpose of existence in a world of materialism, not to uh, separate and distinguish from it, not to transcend uh, a tum'ah by creating tahara as a separate realm, but rather to take the tum'ah and to turn it in some way or fashion into tahara. To act like a human being, to be wearing the same clothing, but instead of them being clothing of tzo'ah, of tum'ah, of filth, of disgust, it's the ability to cleanse them and turn them into clothing of kedushah. That's the challenge. That's what Nefesh Hayim describes. The challenge is surmountable, but only if the proper lenses are in place, and that's the lenses of Torah. Baruch Amen, Amen.